You're listening to the Align for Talent podcast, a career source Suncoast production. Education is fundamental to the workforce in this region. It's a small group of us and just really, really smart people that care about the community and care about our clients. And we've talked about the importance of skills being the currency of the future workforce, as I heard at that event. Now for the show. Welcome back to the Align for Talent podcast. I'm your host, Chris Laney, and I am really excited about today's interview. I have the bureau chief from the Florida Department of Economic Opportunity. It's the Bureau of Workforce Statistics and Economic Research. I know it's a mouthful, but it's Adrian Johnston. She's going to be joining us in the studio, and we're going to be talking about labor market data and what is happening around the state of Florida when it comes to employment and wage growth and all the good things that are happening throughout the entire state. So let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast. I am excited to be joined by the Bureau Chief of the Department of Economic Opportunities, Workforce Statistics, and Economic Research. Say that five times fast. We are welcoming Adrian Johnston to the podcast. Welcome to the studio. Hi, good morning. Thanks for having me. I'm excited about this conversation. It's hard to believe it was uh, almost four years, about three years ago is the first time we met and you were one of my, you were actually the very first ever keynote speaker for our annual State of Talent Conference, because you were the first one to go on stage that day. Um, <laughs> and and so um, and it's continuously grown, which I always appreciate. But today I wanted to have a, a conversation really specifically about Florida and the work that the DEO is doing um, to ensure that this is just the, the best place for businesses um, and individuals to thrive. And so but before we g- get into the, the really difficult, hard questions, I want to start off with you. Um, who you are, and and how did you get into this type of work? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, this might be the hardest question. Um, So I am currently the chief economist for the Florida Department of Economic Opportunity, um, where I oversee the Bureau of Workforce Statistics and Economic Research, as you mentioned. Um, I've been in this role for about four and a half years. And prior to coming into this role, I actually received a master's and applied economics uh, from Florida State University, which is why I'm in Tallahassee. Go Nulls. <laughs> That's right. Um, and uh, so I received that degree. I found a job. Actually, I got the degree right in the middle of the recession and um, ended up finding a job uh, here locally and uh, very quickly moved into labor market research for a private company. Um, in that job, we um, actually did data collection for many of the labor market information shops, which is what my team is considered for Florida. We did data collection for them across the country. Um, so we would do job vacancy surveys and skills gap surveys and things like that, where we actually contacted businesses directly to collect that information. And then we also moved into surveys with the Federal Bureau of Labor Statistics. And so through that time, I actually met a lot of folks who were really passionate about labor market information. And I guess their, I think their passion was just infectious. And when this job became available here with the Department of Economic Opportunity, I, I applied and, and kind of here I am. So Adrian, that you've, I don't know if you realize this, but there's not a lot of people that are super passionate about (laughs) labor market data and analytics. We had um, Josh Wright from MZ on a couple months ago. He's one of them as well. <laughs> right. It's it's amazing. I'm I'm always um, just amazed at how many people love this work and are really dedicated to providing accurate um, statistics and information so that people can make really informed decisions. And um, I think it's just a really uh, great community to be a part of. So you um you got into this particular role now. 
fortunate for me, I, I know a little bit about the Florida Department of Economic Opportunity or DEO. But for those that are listening, I go, what exactly is DEO? What do they do? Can you just give us the elevator pitch? What exactly as a department that not just your department, but what does DEO do overall? Sure. Um, so very simply, um, to, to say it simply, we are the state agency that is responsible for administering workforce development, economic development, and community development for Florida. So we kind of have three major parts to our agency. We also have um, a large disaster recovery role as well, um, long-term disaster recovery role. Um, And so through that, um, we actually, it sounds like three different things, and they are, they're distinct, but there's a lot of connections among the three. And so as an agency, Uh, We administer those programs, but we also seek to find ways to do it more effectively by bringing those three areas together. That's fantastic. So when, for me and you and uh, our relationship, DEO and CareerSource has a a unique relationship. I don't want to go into the details. We'll bore our audience um, because there's a lot of things that we end up doing together. But what kind of things does your team do to help career sources around the state assist businesses in their community? Sure. So primarily our job is to make sure that the career source network and all of our partners in workforce development have the data that they need to serve businesses and job seekers. Um, our, our mission, as we say, is to produce, analyze, and distribute uh, labor market information. And we do that uh, through uh, a couple ways. One, we have some federal state uh, partnership Uh, programs that we administer for the state of Florida. So we actually produce statistics through those um, partnerships. And these are things like our monthly job numbers. Mm -hmm. The unemployment rate comes through our team. Um, You should hear every third Friday of the month, uh, you'll see uh, news releases talking about those two things. And it's actually our team that helps calculate that. We uh, do a quarterly census of employment and wages, which is the fundamental data set for employment and wage data for all counties um, and the state. And we also do occupational employment and wage data collection. Um, So we have core statistical programs where we actually do data production, but then we also have a team of economists that do um, economic research and analysis. And so a lot of working with the CareerSource network is about understanding what the needs, specific needs are for each local area and helping to produce products and, and provide services that meet them. And so they might be um, very different depending on what the area is and what those specific needs are at the time. Yeah, and I know that depending on the career source, that the needs are different. I know just a couple weeks ago, I had reached out to you and your team um, because we have one of our local legislators from our delegation asking for some very specific data, and you were able to produce that a lot quicker than we were able to hunt it down. That's for sure. Right. <laughs> so. I want to jump into some of the numbers and data, not not necessarily on your side, but we know that we're approaching 22 million people in the state of Florida. That's a lot of people, but most predictions are estimating a population of around 26 million by the time we get to 2030. Um, as you look at the future of Florida's workforce, what statistics are you most interested in monitoring as growth continues in our state? Yeah, absolutely. We look at we look at a lot of different factors. In fact, we just under uh, took a project to develop some indices to help us um, keep track of a lot of different metrics and, and see what's really driving um, both the current status of the economy and then our future outlook. Um, but really, I mean, employment and wages is those are vitally important indicators uh, of the economy. 
Um, beyond that, we really are interested in looking at uh, demographic and migration patterns, and in particular, how those are going to change uh, labor force participation. So those are going to have major implications for the number of jobs that are needed, the types of jobs that are needed over time. Um, so those are those are probably two things that I think are really important to, to keep an eye on. And then, of course, GDP growth and uh, the drivers of GDP growth, uh, the different components are important to keep an eye on. Uh, and commuting patterns. So as those change over time where people live versus where they work, um, that's going to have implications for um, different local uh, municipalities and uh, and governments and how they do their planning. And so that's something that we think is really important to keep an eye on as well. Well, we're going to jump into that that particular um, uh, question in just a few minutes. But diversing, diversifying our economy in Florida is super important. As you just said, you guys are looking at a variety of wage data and and employment growth and those types of things as we moved closer to 2030. What industries are you seeing that are, first and foremost, traditionally do we see in the state of Florida? And then what industries are you seeing maybe on a rise throughout the entire state? So everyone knows that tourism and leisure and hospitality are huge, hugely important for our state economy. Um, That's typically what people think of uh, when they think of Florida's um, economic drivers, and and that's true. There's still we're still seeing a lot of growth in leisure and hospitality. Um, fundamentally, that's um, what provides a lot of uh, jobs around the state, and also provides um, services that lead to uh, revenue for our state. So very important. Uh, those are typically what people think about. But we are seeing a lot of efforts um, or the fruition of a lot of efforts to diversify our economy. Um, And and the things that people don't typically associate with Florida, uh, where we're seeing a lot of growth, are industries like manufacturing. Uh, We actually have um, seen a lot of growth. It's not a huge industry in our state, but it is growing much more rapidly than the rest of the country. Hmm. Um, Professional and business services. This particular industry, I think, is really important to highlight because as an industry sector in and of itself, it's very diverse. And so we're seeing a lot of growth in professional and business services, and we're seeing that growth in a lot of different areas. And so this captures everything from law offices to engineering surface services and um, architecture services to veterinary services. So there's a lot of high um, tech industries within this particular sector, and they tend to be higher wage. Did the insurance industry fall in there as well? Actually, no, it falls in the next one that I was going to mention, which is financial activities. Okay. Um, so financial <laughs> activities is another industry that we don't um, typically hear a whole lot about in terms of um, the, the drivers of our economy, but we have seen quite a bit of activity increasing in that area. And that includes insurance. It also includes real estate activities. Um, so that does make sense as we see construction continue to grow in our state. Um, we're going to see real estate be, uh, go right along with that. Uh, but those are three areas that I think are a little bit, um, you know, people don't quite think about those, but we're actually seeing that they're driving a lot of the growth in our economy. Yeah. And we, we know even locally in our region, we have a couple of larger insurance um, headquarters. That's why I asked that question um, that drives some of the growth in our area. And and they're great careers. I, I just I, that's one of the industries I love working with um, because there's so much opportunity there. Uh, and so I love seeing that um, rapidly grow around the state. 
Um, Florida, we know, is enjoying job growth. You see that every every day. Some of the lowest unemployment, not just in Florida, but across the country. Some economists actually believe that we're going to see that unemployment rate start to climb just a bit over the next few years. And I wanted to get your thoughts or even predictions. Do you believe that we're going to see a little bit of a, a reset or unemployment start to, to creep up a little bit as we kick off the new decade? You know, um, I, I think it's always hard to predict um, essentially when an unemployment rate is going up, that tends to be an indicator of a business cycle change, right? And so I think it's really hard to predict a business cycle. Um, yeah, I think you can get any economist in a room and they're going to give you a different answer. Um, and we know right now we're in the longest expansion in U.S. history. So it's a little bit unclear as to whether some of the indicators we've relied on in the past of those business cycle changes and how useful they're going to be in the future. So I'm certainly not going to give... Um, any predictions based on that. Um, but, I tried. Um, I at least tried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I will say um, it's just really important for us to monitor those leading indicators in general. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of components to understanding unemployment rates. Um, they, they in and of themselves can be meaningful, but it's also important to understand labor force participation, which we, we talked about a little bit earlier, and just labor force growth. Um, so when you pull all of those things together, a, a rising unemployment rate might mean something a little bit different if labor force is also growing versus if labor force is not growing. So um, it's, it's hard to give just a one flat answer because those components actually drive, um, you know, what's hap- or can give a lot of insight into what's actually happening. And that's good perspective. I was at an event with an economist uh, probably about a year ago, and he was speaking to uh, uh, maybe about 50 or 60 business owners. And in that in that meeting, he they were they were talking about you know our job is we may do some predictions, but as your job as business owners is just to figure out ways to make sure that if something does happen, um, good or bad, that your business is prepared. And I thought that was that's probably a good strategy to to live on. Absolutely. So wages, you mentioned earlier, is something that is an indicator you guys look at, and it's a hot topic in the state of Florida, and we're definitely not going to get into kind of the, the legislative side of things or, or, or any of the bills that are being introduced about minimum wage increases and, and those types of things. But I do wanted to get your, your thoughts and opinions on the current wage growth in the state of Florida. Are we seeing it grow faster than, let's say, outside the state of Florida, the national average? And, um, and are you seeing certain wage growth happening in certain industries at a quicker rate? Yeah, I think that's a great, that's a great question. And, and to be honest, one of the biggest surprises that I had when I got into the work of labor market information was how difficult it actually is to measure wage growth. Um, so that being said, we do have some measures. And um, when, we, when we look at those measures, we are seeing significant growth in our state. Um, so we've seen actually um, across all industries in the private sector, average annual wages have grown about 3% um, for three of the last four years. Um, that's significant and that's much faster than what we saw uh, in the earlier part of the decade. Um, and, and that has typically been faster than the national rate. And most of that's being driven by um, Kind of three industries, it's natural resources and mining. Um, most of that, of course, is natural resources in Florida. Mm. Uh, construction and manufacturing. So those are the areas, while we're seeing it across all industries, those are the areas that tend to be growing faster than the average. That's it. That's interesting because sometimes, and I'm, and I'm not saying that 
this is very generic in general terms, but in those typical those industries, I'm not talking about natural resources and mining, but specifically in construction and manufacturing, that we don't necessarily hear that there is wage growth happening at any kind of exciting rate you know people still think of a lot of jobs in manufacturing and i'm not one that believes this that are still entry level um and so you're not seeing those wages grow at a quicker rate but it's exciting to hear that these are really actually great careers that you can go into and you can in develop a career over your time in that in those industries yeah, actually, manufacturing is one of the top wage industries in our state. Um, and so that's a common misconception. But it truly, especially in Florida, where a lot of the manufacturing is geared towards um, kind of high tech industries, medical devices, um, aerospace, since because of those um, types of specialties, they tend to be in the higher wage range. So I, every once in a while, uh, I have an opportunity to play around on on the DEO's website, and I'm looking at different reports and, and data that you guys are producing on a regular basis. And a couple months ago, I came across a, the, the labor shed reports that you guys do. And one of the things that you were discussing is you were tackling the understanding through data where residents are currently working and, and whether or not they were working in their home county or are they commuting to surrounding communities. And I was curious, now that I had you here in the, in the studio, I was I wanted to know, what is kind of the purpose of measuring that? I know you mentioned er, earlier that it may have an effect on the local communities, but is this kind of your direction or understanding the remote workforce? Um, can you share some light on this? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think this is one of um, probably one of the most interesting reports that we put out every year. Um, and really what it's a, what what these are intended to do are to give folks an idea of what your local labor market area really looks like. Um, so we have we have counties um, and, and and we produce a lot of statistics by county. Uh, but you'll notice that we produce a, most of our statistics at a, a higher level, uh, like a metro area. And the reasoning for that, one, of course, there's financial implications. It costs more money to, to do data collection at the county level, but also because that's really how people live and work. They live in these in metro areas, but they may not actually work in the same county that they live in. Um, and that's true all across the country. And so it helps us to see um, what those relationships are. And, um, and also we found that they can be very helpful um, in disaster response situations. Hmm. Um, so because of the nature of how people live versus where they work, it's important for people who are uh, local elected officials and people who are involved in disaster response to understand how a particular disaster might impact that dynamic. Um, so there are probably a wide variety of, of ways that this particular information can be used. Um, and But those are two of the main ones. I, you know, I, and, and that's really interesting. And I remember being uh, when we had Hurricane Irma come through the state, um, I had the opportunity to be part of uh, the, our, our region's efforts to make sure that we were helping those get back on their feet. Um, and it was, it was quite a, a, a project, but it was interesting to see how people live there and they're like, well, I'm still earning wages because I didn't necessarily work in my home county or they lost everything because the, the companies were shut down for so mm-hmm. long. Um, and so I, I love that in, you're using labor. Obviously, we, we think of um, employment and wages, but you guys are using for even the understanding of disaster recovery and, and how do we plan in our state, which I think is very important. Um, so as we're ending our conversation here, 
it really is an opportunity for you. I want to hear, um, how are you guys kicking off the new year? Are there any projects that are in the pipeline you're excited about that you guys are just beginning to work on um, that we can look forward to over 2020 or I- even if it takes longer? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that I'm, I'm particularly excited about um, our team working on is um, we have kind of shifted our focus over the last year or so to really start thinking about how we present our data to our customers. Um, so um, while we are, I think, pretty good at responding to particular requests, as you mentioned earlier, if you have a particular data set you need, uh, we can turn it around very quickly, but we really want to work on empowering our customers to access our data and be able to analyze it um, as they need to. And so we're we're working on um, changing the way we present our data to more of a, a visualization format. Um, I can't give specifics on exactly when that's going to be rolled out, but um, you will see some new things on our website very soon. And I think that that's really going to not only help our team focus more on analyzing data and providing more information. Um, data is one thing, but information is, is where the real value is. But it's also going to help um, our customers around the state to use the information more effectively. That's great. And I, and I know even for all the career sources in the, in the state, having those visualizations is going to be extremely helpful as we're going in front of businesses um, or even our economic development partners as we're helping them and being able to share the, the great and in-depth data that you guys are providing for us. Adrian, this has been a great conversation. I know that there's someone out there listening right now that learned something new and that's you do that every time you get in a room, you teach us something a little bit new or something we didn't know before. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Well, thank you, Chris. It was my pleasure. This podcast is a production of Career Source Suncoast, a local workforce development board and nonprofit organization. For more information, visit CareerSource, Suncoast.com.